the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For us, when we get a victory, it's high fives all around. If we're on TV, we yell and wave and say, hi, Mom. (laughs) Right? But in the Bible, oh, it elicits songs, as we'll see next. Join us. From Grace Bible Church, right here in Hayward, this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Hi there. Welcome to our program today. We are back in Judges chapter 5. We're continuing to look at the song that Deborah sings after this victory that is given to him here in Judges 5 verses 1 through 16. We're taking a look at the cowardice of men, the courage of the elect, and the celestial intervention that took place. This is what makes up this amazing song. Join us. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. In chapter 5, verse 1, we have a conjunction tied to chapter 4, verse 23. Now notice what it says. So God did what? Subdued on that day, Jobin, king of Canaan, before the children of Israel. You see it? That's the way it closes out. Now look at verse 24. And the hand of the children of Israel did what? And the hand of the children of Israel did what? And prevailed against Jobin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jobin, king of Canaan. Do you see the turnaround? Do you see how the very enemies that had routed them for some 18 years now are completely destroyed? Is that a cause for praising God? Is that a cause for praising God? Do you see the context now? Praise God because our condition has changed. Oh, Lord, I see the clock moving, but I want to tell you, you and I are so sinful that we can get comfortable and used to bad conditions. You and I are so sinful that we can get used to low Christian living. We're so sinful that we can redefine our condition as something that is normal when it's abnormal and not only abnormal, immoral. Oh, Lord, let's speak to your people today. You will lean into behaviors and practices that have no justification in the word of God whatsoever. And you'll say, the Lord delivered me to do all this. That's Jeremiah chapter seven, by the way. Jeremiah chapter seven, read it for yourself. Israel justified all of their evil disobedience against God by saying, I worship on Sunday. I pay my tithes. I give offerings. You know what they're saying? God needs me. I can live like a harlot and a whore and a prostitute and a whoremonger, which is what God condemned Israel for. And God still needs me so much that he keeps the church doors open. So when I come in on Sunday, I can pay him and keep it, keep it moving. Keep doing the same thing I'm always doing. Am I teaching? Am I teaching? You need to see this because this is what went on in this context. 
And the situation is now changed after much oppression, after much war, and after many people have died. This is the context in, in which our sister Deborah is singing. Give you one more verse on this. David said it in Psalm 57, verse 8. I want you to put a pin in this one as we move on to the last three or four points. And we've talked about it before, but we don't do it much. Because our tradition uh, in our communities is much more the expository proclamation of the word of God. Preaching and teaching, which is absolutely needed today in most of our communities. There is no gospel preaching. There is no expository teaching and preaching from Genesis to Revelation. There's no explaining the word of God at length giving us a biblical worldview by which the identity of the people of God can be clearly distinguished from the world. Do I need to say that again? In most of our churches, we are carnal and worldly and we are fleshly. And so your pastors preach sermons that are not exegetical. They are not expository because if you're dealing with an expository message, you've got to deal with God's authority. Did that make sense? So when that brother lifts up that text and he preaches around that text and beyond that text and over the top of that text and he frames with all kind of nice soliloquies and phraseology and people go, that was a good message. No, that was a damnable message. I know it made you feel good, smooth. The word there in Isaiah 56, my brother, the word smooth, don't speak unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things. It means make the path so slippery that you cannot not slip. Did you hear what I just stated? Make it so smooth that you can't walk on it. You see a good solid path needs some grains in there. It needs some deep, uh, some, some compartment, compartmentalization. It needs to have some rough stuff so you can get a grip. And so today Christians don't want the rough word. They want the smooth word because they love falling rather than standing. Uh, Let me say one more thing about it. Because if you're standing, then you can go somewhere. But a lot of Christians don't want to go nowhere. They want to slip and fall in the same place and then complain that they're constantly slipping and falling when they didn't pay their own conscience or some wicked preacher to make the pathway smooth. And they're slipping and falling and blaming other people when God's word is right and his works are done in truth. All his commandments are broad. All of his commandments are perfect. No good thing will God withhold from them that seek his face. When we follow God's word, you'll be able to stand. When you follow God's word, you'll be able to walk. You'll be able to advance. You'll be able to move forward. But you got to be ready to do this journey alone. Because not everybody's going with you. Point number three, the quickening of God's duo under this concept. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 8. For Isaiah 57, verse 8, my sister, sorry, verse 6 is good. Verse 8 is where David is talking. Mm. No, it's Psalm 57, verse 8. Psalm 57, verse 8. Listen to what David says one more time about the awakening. I taught this 25 years ago. Long ago, because we don't get it. And now you will, and some of you already know. Notice what David says in verse 8. Awake up. That's our word. To arouse yourself. Stir yourself up. And then he uses the term, my personal possessive pronoun, glory. Now, what is he talking about? Awake my glory. Your tongue. Your tongue 
is the major apparatus by which God is uniquely glorified through you like no other creature on the planet. Notice what David is saying. Lord, stir me up so my mouth can open and I can write songs of praises. Songs of praises I will ever give to thee. I will ever give to thee. Do you see what's going on? David says, stir me up because that's what my tongue is made for. I myself will awake early. Look at verse 9. I myself will wait, awake early. And David says, I'm going to get about this business. I will praise you, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto you among the pagan. There it is. Not just in church, in public. There it is. I will praise you, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. There it is, shout of God, because David understood the intimidation factor that comes with illumination through song. He understood that gospel-centered songs are part of the battle. Did y'all get what I just stated? He understood that. He understood that. A lot could be going into that subject. Point number three. Point number three. The cowardice of men. The cowardice of men. Will you look at verse 16 and 17? The cowardice of men. Why abodest thou among the sheepfolds? To hear the bleeding of the flocks? That's a question. It's a rhetorical question because it's oxymoronic. It's contradictory to the context. The context is that God is calling men to war. And what some of the men are saying is, I, I, got, I got to keep these sheep. I got to keep these sheep. I'm hearing these sheep bleed and, 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 and I got to actually take care of them. Where if they really had a spiritual mindset, they would know that the bleeding of the sheep are the people of Israel under the tyranny and control of the wicked nations. And they would rise up as true shepherds to deliver the souls of men and women, not just literal sheep. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? God's not calling you to play around with dumb sheep. He's calling you to stand for the glory of God and deal with an enemy that's already in your gate. So Deborah is being inquisitive, interrogative, She's pressing the issue, and I love it. Listen to what she says. For the divisions of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Do you see it? For the divisions of Reuben, there was great searchings of heart. What does that mean? When Reuben heard the call, guess what he did? Nothing. And so here Reuben is part of the brotherhood of the 12, and Reuben is actually called to be one of the warrior soldiers because Reuben is the oldest. And Reuben doesn't go up. Judah doesn't go up. Dan doesn't go up. Do you know how many tribes did not go up? More than six tribes did not go up. That's half the kingdom. Think about it. Half the kingdom decided to stay home. Half the kingdom decided to, decided to act like they didn't hear the call. Verse 17. I want you to watch it now. I want to keep going. Gilead abode beyond Jordan. Why? Because when he received his inheritance, he received it on the side of Moab before you come into the promised land. So Gilead abode beyond the Jordan. And why did Dan remain in ships? Why? Because Dan's inheritance was by the water too. Gilead and Dan were fishermen. And you know what? When the call came, guess what they said? Just like indeed Jesus' day when Jesus called them, nope, I can't leave my nets. Because I'm making good money with my nets. I'm making good income with my nets. 
I'm not going to leave my business to go fight a war and suffer the danger of my business. You know what they have done right there? They have changed God. Will y'all hear me? They have abandoned the one true and living God, which is everywhere present, which sees all things, has all power, and has given us every blessing we have to tell us, to tell us, listen, the one that gave you the blessing can cause you to keep the blessing. Set your blessing aside for a moment and help your brethren. And I guarantee you when you come back to your blessing, it will still be there. But when you're thinking other gods, you have a limited mindset that is framed around human thinking. Am I making some sense? I can't go to war because if I go to war, I'm going to lose all this stuff that God gave me. What kind of God do you have? I heard the question yesterday and I'll toss this up to you and please get it. The God of the Bible is the God of salvation in total. When God saves his people, he saves them by his grace, through his son, by his spirit, by the preaching of the word of God. And they're saved by his grace apart from human works. Your works do nothing to add to what God did. By the time you say yes to Jesus, he has changed your heart, put in a new heart and wrote yes on that heart. So you said yes by the grace of God. And he who has begun a good work in you will finish it unto the day of salvation because God can't lie. God can't change. God won't fail. There's no such thing in the salvation of God of getting salvation and then losing salvation. One more thing. If you lose your salvation, it was yours, not God's. I see people walking from the faith all the time. That's because they never had the faith. I see them departing from the word of God all the time. It's because they never had the word of God. I see them abandoning the gospel all the time. It's because they never had the word. They never had the faith. They never had the gospel. And ladies and gentlemen, the only way you and I are going to make the glory, make it to glory, is if the God of the gospel has you. So these are really the questions we should be asking. God, do you have a brother? God, do you have a sister? God, do you have me? Do you have me, oh God? Have you called me by your grace, oh God? Are you holding my hand, oh God? Keep me from falling that I might stand before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. What we teach is that God from beginning to end must save you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? All right, don't let me go deeper into this. This ignorance of you can earn your own salvation and then lose it puts all kinds of criminal implications on the work of Christ's death on Calvary's tree. I told it years ago. Do you know what happens when a man asserts that you can lose your salvation? Everything that Jesus did from saying yes to the covenant of grace before the world began to assuming a human nature to living a perfect life to dying a passive and active death, to going into the grave, having justified us freely by his grace, risen again with a righteousness that is everlasting by nature, to give to all who come to him by faith. If you can reject that, you undo everything the Son of God came into the world to accomplish. And what that would mean is the Son of God is a liar because when he said it was finished, it was finished. God the Father is a liar. 
Because when he said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And you're calling the Holy Ghost a liar because when he comes, he takes the stony heart out, puts a heart of flesh in. He writes the totality of the law of God on your heart. And at the bottom, he says, fulfilled through Jesus Christ in your behalf. That's called being freely justified by the grace of God Almighty. Do you understand how you defame the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost when you talk about you can just walk away from salvation? You can walk away from yours. You can't walk away from God. God has saved us. That matters. God has saved us. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, by his mercy, hath he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he poured upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that no man can boast of obtaining salvation or boast of losing it. God gets all the glory. Y'all have some time for me? Wish I had the map back up there. I just, Deborah got it. She got it. These, the Gileadites and the Danites are way down in the southern region. And our warfare is way up north. As I told you before, Naphtali, Zebulon, it's all in the regions of Galilee. The warfare is near Galilee. Mount Tabor, okay? Then also uh, 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 Mount Hermon is in the... uh, uh, Mount uh, uh, Gadna is in the region of Galilee. That's where I told you that Barak only lived a couple blocks from Jesus. That's why he's a great type of Jesus. Let me show you that, okay? I want you to get it. This is why you got to remember, the Bible says, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's not written about you or your mama or your church or your denomination. It's written about me to do God's will. And the man or the woman that sees the glory of God in Christ, you have the right illuminator. You have the right interpreter. You have the right paraclete. You've got the right source of revelation when it takes you back to Jesus. Am I making sense? Look at it again. Look at it again. Verse 12. Utter a song. Now arise, Barak, and do what? Lead thy captivity captive thou son of Abba, Abir, Noam. Now, who has heard that phraseology before? Lead thy captivity captive. Now, I want to say one more thing. This is going to hurt. You don't know it because you don't read your Bible. If you read your Bible, you would know this. We're going to start with the new and make our way to the old. And this is why Jesus said, this book is about me. And that's why the Jews killed him. Barak is a picture of Jesus. His name means light. He's the captain of our salvation. He came down to lead captivity captive. You and I were slaves of sin. He busted hell right open and came in and got you and led you out and told you, tell the world you're free slaves by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look at it in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians 4. Paul talks about this as he teaches the truth. Start at verse 10, please. Because I think it's verse 9. Yeah. He that descended is the same that also ascended far up above all heavens that he might do what? Fill all things. Verse 11. 
Now we're talking about the what? The gifts. Really the offices. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Verse 12. I'm almost sure that we got to go back. Nope. Go back to verse 9. Uh, verse 8. It might be verse 8. I'm almost sure it is. Uh, yes, it is. Here it is. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, this is Jesus talking. He did what? Led captivity captive and did what? So Jesus is in glory. He has redeemed all of his elect people from the beginning of time to the end of time. And the way they come out of captivity is by him giving gifts to men to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The only reason you came out of captivity is because the gospel came to you in power. It's what liberated you from the chains. Am I making some sense? pastors and teachers and evangelists and and missionaries. That's the goal of the larger church. That's the goal of the local church. This is a top-down model. King Jesus is at the top and he's dropping down gifts and they're ambassadors for his glory and they go everywhere handing out emancipation cards in the name of Jesus. The judge has pardoned you and men and women come out freely. Am I making some sense? You and I have been led captive. This is also what is stated over in Psalm 68 as well. This is how the psalmist puts it in terms of this foreshadow. Psalm 68 verse 18. Here it is again. So now listen to it again. In the Old Testament, no explicit expression of Jesus, but we know it's Jesus. Here it is. Watch this. You have ascended on high. Who ascended on high? We learned that from the New Testament, right? Didn't Jesus said himself, no man has come down from heaven. But the one himself who came from heaven, no man has descended up to heaven, but the one that came down. Jesus came down and Jesus went back up. Did he not? And then he sent the Holy Ghost to give us gifts. That's why we are free captives. You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also. Do you see that? That's me. I'm the rebellious. God decided if it wasn't for that little clause in there, I wouldn't be saved. I'm so glad he saves the rebellious also. Do you see it? The rebellious also. In order that the Lord might dwell among them. How does God dwell among his people? By his spirit, in his son, through the gospel. Otherwise, we can't look at the face of the father except through the face of the son. And we can't see the face of the son without the work of the Holy Ghost. Am I making some sense? Therefore, Jesus made it plain. No one is coming to the father, but by me. And if you get to the father, but by me, he will never cast you out. Isn't that what the Bible says? All that the father giveth me shall come to me. And he that cometh unto me, I will never cast out. My father gave them to me. And my father is greater than me. If they can't get out of my hand, and they can't get out of my daddy's hand, there is no losing of salvation on the part of those for whom Christ died. I and my father are one. If that's not a double bolt lock, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. See, this is the foolishness of religion today that has been um, postmodern fantasized through humanistic teaching. And this is what we have been fighting for 30 years here at Grace. Most churches, their God is too small. 
And it makes sense that they are adding to their salvation. And it makes sense that they're working and telling you don't do this and don't do that and don't wear your dress too long and don't wear too short and don't put makeup on and don't smoke and don't drink and don't cuss and don't do this and don't do that. They're telling you to do all that in lieu of trusting in the one who did all the right things for you. Am I making some sense? In other words, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. Now, I like me some pigs, so don't think I'm going to be getting on pig that much. I love me some pig. And you can put lipstick on it if you want to, but I know you got an issue. I know you got an issue. Put some lipstick on it. Arise, Barack, and represent the Lord Jesus Christ in this battle. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. Dot com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible, and again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.